Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession and estate planning, values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Lori Strauss-Aronoff and Andy Strauss, who are fourth-generation brother and sister who work in their family business, Goldner and Associates, located in Nashville, Tennessee. Prior to joining the family business, Andy graduated from Tulane University with a degree in accounting. After college, he moved to Chicago, where he worked in a public accounting firm and as a sales rep in the premium industry. Andy moved to Nashville in 2002 to join Goldner Associates as the supplier relations manager, becoming president in 2005. Like Andy, Lori grew up in Nashville. After graduating from Washington University in St. Louis with a B.A. in psychology and business, Lori also moved to Chicago and started a career in market research. After 11 years in Chicago, Lori and her husband Dan were getting tired of the long commutes, traffic hassles, and frigid winters of Chicago and moved back to Nashville. Lori joined the family business as a customer service representative in the programs department. There she was able to gain a strong understanding of the overall industry and day-to-day business while working directly with customers. As her role and involvement in the company continued to increase over the next year or two, she saw a way to make a bigger impact by creating a marketing department for Goldner Associates, where she works today as marketing director and the fourth-generation co-owner. Hello, Lori and Andy. I am so excited you could join us today on this edition of Family Business Today. Hi, Greg. Hi, thanks for having us. Hey, it's awesome, man. You know, I, I, I have a, a sister, too. And so, you know, you guys getting together, you know, we're going to have a great conversation, a great day to, today. And uh, we may learn something, and you guys may learn something from each other in, your, in, in our conversation today. So today we're, we're going to be talking about sibling relationships when working together in a family business. You know, uh, in a family business, you know, we're, a lot of times we're working with our, our dad or our mom, and there may be uncles, but boy, this whole working with a, a brothers, working with brothers and sisters, working with sisters and brother-in-laws and things is really a unique uh, dynamic, and I hear many questions many questions and uh, uh, issues when it comes to, to relationships. So I look forward to hearing how as fourth generation uh, uh, siblings, you've been able to, to overcome some of those things and, and some of the cha- uh, challenges that may be beneficial uh, to some of our listeners uh, today. So tell us uh, a little something uh, about uh, your multi-generational family business, Goldner Associates. So um, our business Greg started in 1951 here in Nashville, and it's really a family business from my mom's side of the family, our mom's side of the family. Okay. Um, Laurie and I, Laurie and I are fourth generation, and, and you know it actually goes back uh, another generation before that because our business really, prior to being promotional products and corporate gifts and incentives, we had a family retail store in Nashville, and um, in 1951 the business climate kind of changed and. Service merchandise really disrupted that retail jewelry business. Mm-hmm. So we switched our business model to taking these corporate gifts. We are doing some engraving with watches and Zippos. And, and, um, and so it was really my, my grandfather, Pops, um, so Norma Goldner Niederthal's husband, 
mm-hmm. William Niederthal, Bill Niederthal, he and my great-grandfather transitioned it into uh, what we know today. Then my dad married into the business, and um, and then Laurie and I both came in. And, and there was a point in time when there were actually four generations, uh, excuse me, three generations working in this building at the same time. Oh. Our, our grandmother, yeah, our grandmother, Norm, Norma Goldner Niederthal, she worked until she was about 92 years old, which was back in 2014. She would come in every day, and she was the true matriarch, and she would do all the, the deposits for us. And my parents are, are still working and active today, and, and as well as Laurie and I leading the company. I see. And so both your mother, both your mother and your father are both uh, actively involved in the business as well. Yes, they are here every day. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, well, thanks for sharing that. And it's it's interesting to see how it's transitioned over the years and not only from a family, but also just from the standpoint of you're dealing with the same issues that all all uh, small business deals with. And uh, economic uh, uh, challenges to the to your market uh, share and everything else, and how your family has been able to uh, uh, strategically uh, plan that. So, th- thanks for sharing that with us. So, uh, so I know you you both uh, went off to college uh, uh, to St. Louis and to uh, New Orleans, and then uh, you went on to Chicago and went into some other other businesses. I suppose the question I really have is is uh, did you know before then that you were going to eventually come back to the family business or or did dad or maybe mom promise you something that enticed you uh, to move back to Nashville to join the family business? So, um, you know, I had always or we had always grown up around the, around the business when we were little. Mm-hmm we'd go with our, our parents into the into the office and see all the promotional products and things with corporate logos and, and get samples and everything. And, and our ice refrigerator always had things that said, your logo here and, and, and everywhere in the house. So I've always, we've always been exposed to the business. And so in the back of my mind, I always kind of knew about it. But I certainly wanted to make my own mark and do my own thing and, and get my own skill set. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it was always that open door that knowing that that was there as a possibility. Um, but it took my um, reaching my own point where, where I wanted to come to that decision myself and not feel pressured to, to come and, and join the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, yeah. my story is re- relatively similar. You know, it's always a fun business with so many great products and, and great people in it. But at the time, growing up, our business was really mainly here in, in Nashville. We did have a branch office um, in Cincinnati, just a, a sales office there salesperson there actually but um we uh you know i i wasn't set on moving back to nashville you know back then nashville wasn't all that it was was for 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 young people coming out of college and and um, wasn't so exciting and that was part of it i again wanted to do my own thing and and you know looking back on it when you ask that question i realized that some of the steps i took were really probably very deliberate into helping to train myself to take over this role. It was never something that I said I'm going to do or felt a lot of pressure to do, but, you know, getting this accounting background. And, and, and when I was in Chicago in the accounting firm, we were working with family businesses. So I would help with the audit of the business, the tax return of the business, then doing the tax returns of the of the owners and their estates and uh, their trusts and different things of that nature, which really 
you know, gave us a, gave me a nice financial background and understanding of business in general. And then getting into the industry on the, uh, from our supplier side, uh, still wasn't ready to move back to Nashville, but wanted to get into the industry. So, so I kind of did take a lot of deliberate steps along the way to, to, to get involved and, and give myself the background so that I could come in with something. Very good. Very good. You know, and I think a lot of times people who are not involved in family businesses assume that uh, uh, the children just, they come back to the uh, business and mom and dad uh, just create a, a, a place for them there. But in your instance, whether it was intentional or whether it was planned, you went off to uh, college away from Nashville, uh, got your degrees, learned some trainings, and you went off to somewhere else to uh, – to uh, uh, learn some more about your skills uh, before you came back to the family business. Um, is that something that you uh, would recommend to, to other uh, siblings who may be thinking about coming into the business uh, is to go off and, and work for someone else prior to coming back to the family business? I think, you know, and I think it depends. It's, it's different if you're, if you're coming back into an established business like we did, I think that is important to, to, to gain um, additional skills and um, come, come into the business with, with your own set of knowledge that you can enhance the current business. If, if siblings are talking about let's start up our own business together and just kind of do that from scratch, I think that's a little different story. But going into an established business, I, I do think it's um, important to, to um, bring in. And, in fact, we have, um, you know, we have a lot of employees here. What are we at? probably 75 total employees in our company, not all family members, obviously. And, um, you know, everyone brings different skill sets to the table. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a piece of the puzzle. Good, good. Okay, thank you. Andy, anything else you want to add to that? Or? Well, I, I, I would agree. I think, you know, coming in to an established business, um, you, you have to have some, some sort of foundation in most cases. There's always going to be an employee perception that you have to deal with. And um, Goldner had actually gone through a situation, a growth opportunity, uh, prior to both of us joining the company because there was a local family uh, business in Nashville in our industry who failed when the daughter took over the business. Mm -hmm. And many of their best people ended up joining Goldner, both in sales and staff, and that was both in Nashville and in some of our other locations outside of Nashville, which is how we uh, end up growing. Um, and, you know, you have to really understand and, and be aware of per perception and, and change. You know, I talk about being a, a business that started in 1951. We've got a lot of baggage, and, and that, that bag, that suitcase is filled with this great, rich history, all these mm -hmm. great things that, that neither of us want to disrupt. And we don't want to change just for the sake of changing. But, of course, there's always things that need to change. And, and so how do, you, how do you know it needs to change if you don't have any outside skills in the real world? Oh, great. Thanks for sharing. That, that really leads into our next, next question is uh, you were talking about the uh, daughter who took over uh, the business. What, now, you two guys are, are co-owners uh, of uh, Goldner Associates. So were you selected uh, for the role that you currently have based on family hierarchy or was it more on the skills that best suited you for the job? And maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. 
Well, well, Greg, just to correct you, actually, uh, Goldner Associates is owned by both of our parents and Laurie and I, so all four of us. Okay, um, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. Mm-hmm. With, with the majority being owned by, by Laurie and, and my mom, and, and, you know, they're very involved, and sure. we are a certified um, women-owned business. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, I, I think that um, by the time we came into the business, you know, our parents were starting to get to that point where they wanted to slow down a little bit. And um, while still very active, you know, they were looking to take some of that daily pressure off their shoulders. And I think with some of my background at the time, having both the accounting experience, having the sales experience, and being right in the industry, um, I was calling on all of Goldner Associates' competitors in Illinois and Indiana. And so really had a good understanding of, of the business. I think it um, at the time I came in with a little bit more knowledge that, that made me um, probably more uh, equipped to be president um, at that point in time. And, um, you know, I think some of it was also choosing of, of Laurie. Well, I was going to say, I was going to jump in and say, too, that that was um, – I, I did not want to take on that role. I mean, I think you had mentioned in your introductions, communication is key throughout yeah. any kind of transition. And um, just based on my skill set, my knowledge, my role, I, I, I did not. I would did not want to take on the role of president. So it wasn't like we were competing for that position. Sure, who would sure. hold that? Sure. And so, so you're you're saying that it was really not about the uh, being the oldest. It was really about whose skills were best suited for for whatever job and and that's where you how you're in your roles today so that that's great that I, I love to i love to hear that so often some the uh we find especially in the south we'll find that because you're the oldest son uh you automatically take on that role of leadership rather right great so so you i have to cut you off for a second because you are correct i am the oldest son because I was the only son. <laughs> However, most people do not know or, or just don't even ask. They make the assumption. Uh-huh. But uh, I am the youngest of the two of us. Laurie's my big sister. <laughs> there you go. I, I like to keep it a little secret, but yes. It, it's, <laughs> what, hey, you know, it's important, you know, that you that you remind him every now and then that you are the big sister. So I... <laughs> Believe me, I do. I do. I've got my ways. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, so... And with that, in a lot of ways, Laurie's got a harder job. She's got her, her daily responsibilities here at Goldner Associates and, and working with our team and doing our marketing. And then what a lot of people also don't know is how hard she works at night and on the weekends and when we're having sidebar conversations outside of work um, on the ownership side and on the big strategic side, her involvement there. Sure. Well, that leads into the next question is, is, so, you know, people like to say that business is business and family is family. They're never the two shall meet unless you're in a family business. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's not always rosy. There is conflict that does arise, and it may be arise between the two of you or uh, your parents are both active in the business so, or between you and your parents. So so what rules have, have your family consciously or unconsciously created when it comes time to solve problems when you disagree? Um, you know, of course everyone has, has conflicts and issues, and I think sure. – you know, back to the big thing, communication and honesty, I think, are, are, are key, I think, and respect. And I think, you know, we, we do respect each other. We get along. Um, 
people, people, employees have told us, you know, I've never worked for a family business that gets along so well and, you know, works so well together. And I think, you know, um, we, we may not agree on every issue. I think overall we need to take a step back. Overall, the big picture, the big direction, we've got clear vision, you know, we're on the same page. And I think just talking things out and being respectful of each other, um, you know, if we have to yell, we close the door, we go outside, you know, whatever, we're not, we're not yelling and screaming. But, um, you know, I think just making sure, I think, I think Andy especially is good at, at collecting all the data information before making a decision, seeing both sides of the story. You know, we've got all sorts of, um, you know, people here, you know, and I think um, just understanding both sides of the situation before making any rash decisions. And to add, to add on to that, I would say one of the biggest things that was important to me before I took on the role of president was really understanding that I would have the full support and trust to be the president mm -hmm. and that the buck would stop with me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Laurie was very clear. Everyone's very clear about that. And they, they were okay with that. Um, you know, we, we do communicate fairly well. Um, and culturally at Goldner Associates, one of the things that has really um, been important to me is collaboration. It's really a big part of our company culture. And I find myself going to Laurie more and more frequently for her advice and input on, on big decisions. But I look just within our team, you know, our management team is very involved in the direction of this company. We have our sales reps and our staff constantly collaborating. You know, our sales and accounting, which are two teams that often are conflict in a lot of organizations. And I'm not saying there's no conflict here, but, but you know, they get, will sit down, get on the phone, and they'll work things out and, and trying to figure out how to um, make it all happen so where it's in the best interest of our, of our customers and for the company. Mm. Very good, very good. So that's good. So your core values then are really communications, honesty, and respect. I know uh, when I'm talking to families that maybe have, there's some conflict going on, I say there's three things that you can really do to, to see some real improvement uh, in uh, your relationships. And the first one's communications. The second one is communications. And the third one is communications. So I, I, I uh, congratulate you on this whole idea of communications important to between the two of you, uh, between your you and your parents, uh, between your your team members, your customers, and everything else. So so uh, I, I congratulate you for that. Well, well and, let, and, and there's room for improvement every day. Well, every I was going to say, and let's be honest, you know, it hasn't always been easy, and you know, we, we it takes some time to, to learn that that's the key. Sure. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it didn't come naturally, and so I think it's something we're constantly working on and recognizing and saying, hey, we need to we need to talk about this. No. Great. That's that's great. Yeah, and, and we're recognizing that it it is a process, and uh, we always talk about uh, transition uh, uh, planning, uh, generational transitions, and y'all have been able to do that over four generations. Is is that it's a process, not an event, and uh, and so uh, it's just begin talking, listening, and communicating really helps out so much in that. So let, let's lighten up a little bit here. So what's What's a ancient or maybe not so ancient memory, uh, Lori, about, about Andy that, that can make you laugh so hard sometimes you'll cry? Huh. Let's hear this one. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, so I'll think back to our childhood. And, yes, I am the older sister. And if anyone who has an older sister knows, the older sister is always, you know, picks on the little brother. 
And, um, you know, I was kind of the bratty older sister and would pick on him and make him do things and, and, and tell him to do something. And anyway, I remember this time we were, um, and again, I'm, you know, I'm not sure that it's laughing so hard that I cry, but it was, he was crying so hard that I laughed. So he was, um, uh, we were running around at my aunt and uncle's lake house and I was making him do something and anyway, directed him a certain way. And he ended up running into the picnic table and he was so little at the time that he hit the corner of, he ran into the corner of the picnic table. That was your fault? <laughs> yeah, that was my fault. And I had to get stitches. Yeah, I had to get stitches. Greg, we may have to pause this. I'm, I'm, I'm learning something at the moment here. I do remember hitting my head, having to get stitches. I didn't know that it was doing it because of you. He, he still has a scar. So, um, yeah. That, that, uh, Wait. Luckily, we've we've grown a little and get along better than that. I don't. Uh, okay. Don't push them into paper. Yeah. So, so so this is a great time for Andy for you to get even. So how about you? Uh, yeah, you just you just open the door. You know, I I've got a good story. It may not be laugh out loud, but um, so yes, Laurie was my my big sister, and, and she was a little bit of a goody goody. I remember. Um, a good student. She worked really hard. Got got good grades. And I remember I was in middle school. She was either in um, high school or college, and I remember having uh, her, she had a bunch of her friends over, maybe four or five of her friends and one of her friend's older brothers, and they were doing some art project. And what I didn't know at the moment until out came a camera, so they had concocted this poster board that looked like an ID, and then they would stand in front of it, and they, they were making themselves fake IDs. And, and you know, well, I was always an innocent kid. She certainly helped pave the way for making things easier for me as I got older and went through life in our household. I'll, I'll, I'll plead the fifth about my fake ID, as you all already said. I went to Tulane. I, I was in school in New Orleans, and so my issues weren't always the same. Yeah, and I, I guess I'm like, not running for public office anytime soon, just instead. The old fake ID in college. How 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 much we remember those things. So uh, that's that's great. Thanks thanks for sharing those. That's, that's cool. So uh, uh, of course you're involved in uh, family business. Uh, two of you, your mom and dad, about seventy five employees. But you have families of your own. Uh, and this whole idea of boundaries is something that that many times families. Uh, really uh, have uh, challenges to them. So how have the two of you established boundaries between work and personal relationships? So um, it's a good question. So, you know, we tend not to discuss a lot of work at, at, at family events. And, and there's, you know, obviously holidays and birthdays and just Sunday night dinners and whatever there might be. So our families, you know, we, we are a close family. We're not a big family, and it is nice that we live close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there'll be times when we're talking, it's kind of like a quick update. Hey, h- how was your day? And, and, you know, hey, what whatever happened with this project or that project, and not really any heavy business. But, you know, there's also times when we may start on a discussion, and, and, and all of a sudden we say, you know what, we really need to talk about this in the office. And that tends to be, it seems like it's when my mom's around, she's, she's really good at helping to draw a line because um, she doesn't like getting into business discussions when we're in a family, social type of, of mood. Um, but I think the other dynamic that 
might be helpful to some of your listeners is really the respect for our spouses um, who are at that same event or venue with us. And, and, you know, sometimes they may want to be involved in in what's going on at Golder, and sometimes they they may may not. Mm -hmm. And so um, really understanding and and helping um, them and and be involved or not involved is is something that that we work with on on boundaries, I think. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, and 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 to kind of to the to rever- the reverse. So we are kind of conscious about not talking too much about work um, during our personal um, events, but but the opposite holds true too. And um, we have to be careful about not updating each other on personal things at work and forgetting to tell our spouses those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a I'm a culprit of that. And, and you know, we'll just you know, you see each other here every day, the family, and so you talk about, oh, how was Aunt So and So, or how was you know Uncle So and So, and you know, are they are you know, and 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 we had a case where we had a relative who was um, elderly and was ending up in the hospital or something, and you know, we had talked about it during the day, the parents, Andy and I, and forgot to tell our spouses that night just because we had already had that conversation and you know forgot. So I think that reverse holds true too is kind of making sure you're not talking too much personal. I mean, you can talk personal during your work day, but, mm-hmm. but involve your house and family about those conversations too. Well, yeah, it's very important. Uh, and in some, and some families, there's also children who are not involved in the business, but they may actually, uh, I've had clients who actually, the ones that aren't involved in this may actually own a little bit of percentage of the, of the business because their mom and dad want, want, the entire family to have part of it. And so they're not involved in the day to day. So they like to, to hear a little bit of an update, but I, let's, let's go, let's go a step further with that though, about this whole idea of open communications and thanks. Thanks for sharing that. But how, how do you use uh, what, what I call f- regular formal meetings uh, could be family meet family uh, meetings or board meetings or whatever uh, to discuss uh, the business uh, do you use anything like that uh, in y'all's business so we have um, we have a, a, a management team here that's comprised of um, our family the, the four of us plus um, the, the heads of different departments and so okay. we have we do have regular management team meetings and so Good. there's a okay. monthly Less additional if needed, um, and, and so all the those big picture things are discussed on regular team meetings. I think that that's very important, um, and kind of surrounding yourself with those great people to, to enhance your mm-hmm. knowledge base and, and keeping those regular meetings. Okay. Yeah, you know, I would say you know our our, our management team is who's running this business. Um, you know, we we've got a really nice opportunity being a, a family business, privately held business that we don't have to answer to anyone else. We don't have to answer mm-hmm. to banks and outside investors. And that makes my life of being president a whole lot easier. That's for sure. Um, and, um, but, you know, having owner meetings, those are more ad hoc, you know, we'll, we'll have, you know, one a year by bylaws and, and, yeah. and, and whatnot, but um, they're really more, more ad hoc. And the business is getting done with the, with our hired team. Very good, very good. So, so obviously, management and your team is very, very important to you as a family. So, so how important is it, uh, it for for that team to to have clear and consistent uh, mission and goals uh, from your the family in order to be able to work together in accomplishing the goals that y'all have for your family business? Yeah, 
I think we're very fortunate that we're all on the same path, uh, all, all, all of our owners, my parents and, and Laurie and I, and um, have all the confidence in the world that, that no one would ever do anything to undermine the other and or to um, misdirect what's happening within the business. So I think it's pretty easy in our, in our personal circumstance here. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, well, let's, let's move on a little bit more in that uh, transition uh, planning there. You know, statistics show that only about 4% of family businesses successfully transition to the fourth generation beyond. What's, what's been your family's secret as a fourth-generation family business to, to be able to make this transition from 1951 to 2019? Our secret, I don't think it's a real secret. You know, there's there's two elements that, that quickly come to mind, mm-hmm. um, Greg. The first is understanding the client and, you know, the foundation of what this business was built on was a simple slogan from my grandfather and great-grandfather of just doing whatever it takes. And, you know, I don't think anyone chose to 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 build certain aspects within our business, but it's like we wanted to service our clients, and that's what it needed to do. So next thing you knew, we had a warehouse. We had a, you know, a web presence, whatever it might be along the way, and really just figuring out, does this fit within our wheelhouse? We know who we are. And if it does, let's figure out how to make it work and, and hopefully be profitable at it at the same time. Um, and the other piece that is equally critical is having great people. Um, you put the two together, and with the mission of knowing who we are and how we want to service our clients with their corporate gifts, with their apparel, with their printed collateral, and um, you know that's the train, that's the road, that's the direction we're driving. Yeah, and I think having that strong foundation. I mean, mm-hmm. you you um you you want to keep keep building on that and 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 grow as technology needs to change. And you know, each generation kind of brings um, additional benefits and, and and knowledge and learning and, and and helps go down that same path. But I think um, not doing an about face and you know keeping true to who we are as a company and and what our our, our um, goals are and and and, and not, not not straying from that, just building onto that with each generation. Oh, that's great. You know, it, uh, most of the time with two generations, maybe three generations, the, the, the current generation knows the founder or, or uh, whatever. But when you get to four generations, a lot of times they don't know, didn't know them. So that, that staying consistent on core values, mission, mm-hmm of the company when it was founded and not changing that after you get out four or five uh, generations is so very important. So thank you. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. So uh, you're leading into some other questions here as we move to the end of our our time together. So your fourth generation, is there a fifth generation being prepared to someday continue the family business? Well, there there is a fifth generation. Um, Laurie, you want to, Say what's going on with Dylan? Sure. So uh, my son Dylan is in ninth grade, and awesome. um, yes, and so of course he knows a lot about Goldner. I mean, he's 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 been in here, you know, when he was little and was out of school on snow days. He'd come in and 
and and anyways, he you know just being part of the the family discussions, he he knows a lot about Goldnar, um, and I would definitely you know when we've talked about it, but I would encourage him to go down his own path like like Andy and I did, so he can bring those skills um, sure. back to the company. But you know you never know. He's he's a very um, you know right now he's interested in engineering arch- architecture. He's very creative with his photography, but he he also is very. Um, um, conscientious and thorough. He sets his mind to something. I, you know, I think back to when he was um, um, seven years old. He started sending us emails through his Wii computer game about how much he wanted a, a puppy. And you know, he's very convincing and is, um, you know, was able to, to convince us about that. And then a couple years ago, made a PowerPoint on, on why he should build his own computer and and <laughs> really um, including all the components he needed, including our questions as parents we would ask. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- there's there's the potential, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Oh, okay. so, so, so my girls, um, Lexi's my little one. She's in sixth grade, and, and I can tell you she really looks up to her mom who has an MBA and runs a very successful residential real estate business. And being a full-time working mom, she really shows both of our girls a lot of girl power and this, you know, empowerment that, 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 my children are learning about and you know Lexi has the gift of gab and anyone who knows her will <laughs> will agree with that that's for sure but she's a fabulous communicator so maybe she has a future in, in sales who knows <laughs> Anna a little bit a little bit harder to read I, you know ironically Anna it was born uh, just two weeks after Dylan so Laurie and I became parents the same month oh wow um, my, my parents had two grandchildren a boy and a girl the same month and um, who knows with her? She's a little bit more reserved, doesn't open up as much, but she uh, she's extremely intelligent. She succeeds in everything that she does and knows that she has a bright future. So all, all three of these kids both see family values, how our relationships extend within work and the family and just hard work, business ethics, and how to balance a work life together and, and family life. And, and you know they're seeing it, and who knows what the future will hold for any of the three. Oh, that's good. Let them, let them, let them uh, follow their own path, and and uh, maybe the path comes back home to uh, to the family business. Maybe it doesn't, but either way, they're you love them, and you want them to to succeed at whatever they want to do. That's great. I we Jennifer and I have three daughters, uh, so I di- didn't really know much about raising uh, uh, a boy, but uh, uh, I have a uh, six-year-old grandson uh, Fletcher who turns uh, well turns six on uh, April the 15th so I'm, I'm learning about the boy and what's what's different there so congratulations and thanks for sharing sharing that with so we're coming to the end thank of, you yeah we're coming to the end yeah thank you I was gonna say, go, go, go ahead let's finish this up that's fine no well we're what are the um uh, we're coming to the end of our, our, our time together, but what's one piece of advice that each one of you would give to siblings who are working together or maybe considering working together in a family business? Well, um, for me, I'll talk about considering working together from a family business and talk a lot before making the plunge. Um, it's so important to be on the same page, understand what each other needs, what your strengths are, what your wants are, what your goals are, and um, really understanding that and, and having the full buy-in uh, of that, that, that would be that would be my advice. Laurie? Yeah, and I, and I would add to that and just say, um, understand each of your skill sets, your strengths and your weaknesses, and 
and um, have have clearly defined roles. A good um, one. Because um, I think that's very important. You don't step on each other's toes. You can each grow in, in, in that way. Um, you know, back to the communication and um, just know that, that you're both on the same page. You're, you're running the company together. You've got the same goals so that, that you're a team. Oh, thanks for thanks for sharing that. I think the uh, the one that uh, having worked in our family business for 17 years and then uh, uh, in working with families is is this whole idea of clearly defined roles is so important. Uh, you know, just bringing bringing if there's not a fit or not a place in the business for the person is is really not just bringing them in and creating some kind of role which their their own gifts and talents don't really fit. So thanks for sharing those. I appreciate that. Well, uh, our guest today has been Lori Strauss Aronoff and Andy Strauss, fourth-generation owners of Golden Goldner Associates in Nashville, Tennessee. To learn more about their family business, Goldner Associates, visit their website at www.goldnerassociates, goldnerassociates.com. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee. Our passion is to help families deal with the unique challenges of working together in a family business and planning for a successful transition. As a free gift for listening to our podcast today, we would like to send you a free copy of 80 Questions Every Family Business Owner Should Answer. Send us an email to info at tncfb.com and simply say 80 questions. We'll send you a free copy of 80 questions every family business owner should answer. To learn more about the Tennessee Center for Family Business, visit our website at www.tncfb.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. 